0: At Colorado State University Global Campus, online education isn't another thing we do,
1: it's all we do. Get an interactive education that's built for working adults like you and that employers demand. Explore your options at csuglobal.edu What are we going to do as a church? Our souls need to wake up. We need to respond to the gospel of Jesus. He said, go into the world.
2: We don't want to deal with reality, Christian. We don't even want to deal with reality, even though we've been saved from this place. I'm calling on you today in the name of Jesus to rise up to the call of God. Christ is coming back soon. If I start telling people about hell, I might just scare them off. Where are you going to scare them off to? Hell number two? People, stop and think about it. If the hell really exists, he and it does, I didn't say that Jesus did, then don't you think people need to know about it? Can't you at least give them a fighting chance? Are you just going to sit there and let them burn? Amen. All righty. Well, hey, let's have a moment of truth here at Sunrise. How many guys have ever gotten into an accident? And I know it's a strange thing to actually have to fess up to that to your pastor, but whoever backed up in my car, I'm going to get you. No, I'm just kidding. You. <laughs> That's not my masking. Okay. <laughs> I'll get you. No. But, you know, it's bad enough when you get into an accident. But then what makes it worse is you got to fill out all those insurance forms and the claim forms. You know is that? Okay. Well, folks, believe it or not, you got to, you know, count your blessings. You know, try to find good in everything. Uh, believe it or not, you can find some pretty good entertainment on those insurance forms if you take the time to read them. At least what other people say about them. Let's take a look at a few of those uh, uh, answers. I'm not making this up people actually put on their insurance claim, okay? One driver, he actually hit a cow. Now, that's just wrong. But anyway, so he just hit a cow. And here's the actual answer uh, this guy had on his claim. The question was, what warning was given by you? Answer, warn, right? Uh, question, what was warning was given by the other party? Answer, moo, okay? <laughs> it was apparently the last moo. Uh, he ever moved. Uh, another driver said this, his accent was described as follows, uh, windscreen broken, cause unknown, probably voodoo, you know, because you've got to be watching out for that stuff. But uh, another person said this, hey, the car in front hit the pedestrian, but he got up, so I hit him again. You know, it's teamwork, you got to make sure he, Joey gets the job done. One person was involved in an accident, a loud, large crowd gathered, kid you not, a newspaper reporter, anxious to get the story, he couldn't get near the car. So being a clever guy, he starts yelling this, let me through, let me through, I'm a son of the victim. So the crowd made way for him, and in front of the car was a donkey. <laughs> That's what you get for lying. Uh, one person said this, hey, the guy was all over the road. I had to swerve a number of times before I hit him. Okay? You're persistent, you get the job done again. Another guy said this Man, I've been driving my truck for 40 years when I fell asleep and had an accident. Now, my personal best record is only 27 hours. Okay, but that's got to be the ultimate excuse. 40 years, three of you will get that later, about seven hours from now tonight. Uh, one Who can forget this one? He said, Hey, the pedestrian had no idea which direction to go. So I ran him over. You know, it's those indecisive people then apparently get on your nerves. But this is the all time uh, excuse. It said this quote, I pulled away from the side of the road, glanced at my mother-in-law and headed over the embankment. <laughs> and all of you men who did not chuckle at that, you actually scored some serious points, okay? I'm not gonna ask for a show of hands on that, but can you guys believe that? Those are actual <laughs> answers, okay, uh, on insurance claims, okay? And they can provide some pretty good entertainment. And, uh, but honestly, if you can see, every single one of them was kind of a lame excuse, right? And folks, believe it or not, as lame as those are, they're not nearly as lame as the excuses that I've heard, and maybe you too, uh, that people say today as to why they cannot accept Jesus Christ, uh, as their Lord and Savior. They say stuff like this, like, uh, um, I, I, I don't have enough time. Or they say stuff like, uh, well, well, that, uh, I'll do it later. Or, no, no. That's for those people who are into religion. I'm not a religious person. You ever hear that? And folks, those are not only lame, with all due respect, but little do they know that they are headed for the worst accident of all. It's called the seven-year tribulation, and you don't want to be there. It's not a joke. The Bible says that's going to be a specific time of God's outpouring of His wrath on this wicked and rebellious planet. And Jesus said it's going to be a time of greater horror, just like a horror flick, but this is real. Okay? And uh, than anything this world has ever seen or will ever see again, okay? You don't want to be there. And praise God, God's not just a God of wrath. He's a God of love as well. And because He doesn't want people there, okay, He, out of love, gives us many warning signs to let us know when it's close, okay? When the seven-year tribulation is near and the rapture is around the corner. Therefore, to keep you and I here at Sunrise from experiencing the ultimate bad day, we're going to continue in our study, the final countdown update. Now, if you've been here uh, so far tracking with this study, we've seen, we've already seen the first five updates, and that was the Jewish people, the Antichrist, modern technology, worldwide upheaval, and then the last two times we saw was the next one, the rise of falsehood. And as we've been seeing, the Bible clearly tells us when you see an increase of these false messiahs and false myths, stories made up, okay, and last time with an increase of false messengers specifically with the false messenger of these supposed visions of the Virgin Mary appearing in the sky right now all over the world, duping people, number one, into worshiping the Queen of Heaven, which is an Old Testament false female deity that God condemns, as well as leading people into occult practices to get these supposed visions. Okay, God says not only stay away from it, it is a sign that you are in that time of falsehood, deceit, 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 that Jesus said be on the lookout for, in the last days okay but that's not all the second false messenger as you guys can see duping people in the last days on a global scale and also from the sky just like these supposed visions of the virgin mary and that's the hot topic of ufos and aliens it is another clear-cut demonic issue okay and you might be here today thinking well hey pastor billy listen i'm a christian Okay. I don't need to worry about UFOs and aliens. If the world wants to get caught up in that, hey, that's more power to them, but I don't need to get equipped. Excuse me? You need to. And this is why we're going to hit it again today. Okay. And the reason why is because listen to this. Two polls have recently come out and has stated this, folks, like it, lump it, or leave it. Quote, more people right now believe in aliens than they do in God. The second poll that just came out is more people believe that aliens have visited planet earth than that Jesus is the son of God. So we need to get equipped on this issue as Christians. Our world is being duped right and left. And if we care about people who are being deceived, not just going into the seven year tribulation, but into hell for all eternity, I'd say we should get equipped, right? In fact, it's getting even worse. It's now replacing Christianity. UFOlogy is now becoming a new religion. That's how much this interest has piqued our world. Quote, UFOlogy has effectively become a new religion for the 21st century where, quote, people now believe that aliens will save them, not God. So folks, like it, lump it, believe it or not, we need to get equipped on this issue. That's how serious this is. UFOs and aliens are clearly demonic, just like the demonic so-called visions of the Virgin Mary we saw last week. It's one of the biggest lies ever to hit planet Earth, and the wonder of wonders, that's what Satan does. He lies. But don't take my word for it. Let's listen to Jesus. Open your Bibles to John chapter 8. John chapter 8, we're going to look at verses 42 through 44, and Jesus speaking, uh, he is going to tell us, where do lies come from? Okay, John chapter eight. And as you turn there, of course, John was written by John, you biblical scholars, you. Uh, John chapter eight, and uh, let's take a look at what Jesus says, where lies come from. OK? Ultimately, and uh, I think he's pretty blunt about it. And as you turn there, how many guys would say that Jesus is a great source of truth? All three of you, praise God, and I'll ask that again. How many guys would say that Jesus is a great source of truth? Yeah, thank you. Much better. Okay, yeah, he is. You might want to listen to him. He is the truth. All right, he doesn't lie, unlike this critter. Let's take a look uh, at what Jesus says. Now, Jesus said to them, Listen, hey, if God were your father, you would love me. For I came from God and now am here. I have not come on my own, but he, God, sent me. Listen to what Jesus said. Now, why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. Why? Because you belong to your father, the who? Now, stop right there. That's a big lie. I don't have time to go into it too deep. But that's a big lie. See, our world today thinks that there's some sort of mystical middle ground, right? Where uh, I haven't chosen to become a wacky Christian, uh, you know, like like Pastor Billy or something, Uh, but but I haven't gone over here, and I'm not a Satanist. I don't worship, you know, Satan and animal sacrifice and human... I don't do all that stuff. So I'm just kind of in this mystical middle, and I'm just not really... No. What did Jesus just say? You either belong to God, or you belong to who? The devil. So if you're not a Christian, who do you belong to? I didn't say that. Jesus did. Now, that's a very clear thing, because he's already got you if you're not saved. That's the illusion, okay? But Jesus said, hey, listen, the reason why you can't understand what he says is because you don't belong to God, you belong to your father, the devil. And you want to carry out your father's desire. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. In fact, when he lies, Satan, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the what? The father of lies. Okay, And this is the passage we saw last week. But Jesus clearly says that Satan is not just a murderer, but he's a liar and the father of lies. Which means logically, therefore, at some point, ultimately any lie on planet Earth can trace its source ultimately back to who? Satan, some demonic influence, right? That's what Jesus is saying. So when you take a look, folks, and here's my point in bringing that up. When you take a look at this UFO alien issue, just like the supposed visions of the Virgin Mary we saw last week, it is yet another lie from Satan. And the first reason why we know it's a lie from Satan is because they do what Satan does. UFOs and aliens, they lie like demons. They lie. If they came from God, they wouldn't do that. But they lie, okay? Now, as we've seen before, right out of the gate, the whole premise of UFOs and aliens are based on a lie. And supposedly, when they come here and show up, here's what they have been telling people about their identity, that these critters are supposed to be some higher evolved race from the end of the universe or somewhere else, right? Stop and think about that. Wait a second, as we've been seeing clearly on Wednesday nights, evolution is not true, it's a lie. So therefore, this whole higher-evolved alien race from some part of the galaxy must therefore be a lie. Lie! Your whole identity from the get-go is based on a lie called evolution. That's what demons do. I could stop right there. The whole premise of aliens and UFOs is built on a lie. If evolution logically cannot take place on this planet, and it can't, then it's not going to take place on any planet. If evolution cannot happen here, and it doesn't, it's not going to happen anywhere. But that's the tip of the iceberg. This lying behavior about their identity is not just seen in their uh, premise of being a higher evolved race built on a lie called evolution, but it's also in how they change their technology to fit each succeeding generation's technology. That's deceptive. That's called a lie. Let's take a look at that.
3: Most people today envision UFOs to be exactly as they are portrayed in most science fiction films and books. This is of course a relatively recent conception that has been stimulated perhaps by our expanding knowledge of outer space, but strange sights appeared in the skies long before space flight or manned flight of any kind was possible. And in each century, these visions took on identities that tell much about the world view of those who saw them.
2: Hmm, let me translate that for you. So in the late 1800s you saw some of the actual pictures, the people drew uh, up there. In the late 1800s, uh, you told the people back then, and you did appear in the sky as a blimp. Right, let's examine that for a second, okay? This, to me, is your first clue that there's another lie going on here, Something's fishy, okay? So you first appeared to the people back in the late 1800s as a blimp, when that's all the flying technology they had at that time, but today you appear to us as a flying metal disc or a spaceship because our technology is much more advanced. What? Now, examine that. Did you really drastically improve your technology that fast from a blimp to a spaceship in such a short amount of time? Did you really fly all the way from Mars on a, in a blimp as they told the people of the late 1800s? Or are once again you deceiving us that with each succeeding generation, as their technology improves, you mimic it to get them to fall for your lie? Not only is their identity built on a lie called evolution, a higher evolved race, uh uh-uh, can't happen. But you lie about your technology and mimic each generation. Okay, can I tell you something? According to Jesus, that's what demons do. They lie. Okay? The second reason why we know that UFO aliens are a demonic deception is because they teach like demons, okay? And what they have to teach, you come all the way across supposedly the universe, and here's your great message we desperately have to know. It's a bunch of lies, folks. Let's examine uh, what they uh, teach, okay, uh, from them. Okay, they, first of all, they come all the way across the universe just to tell us that we're all little gods. Excuse me? First of all, that's ridiculous. It's completely unbiblical. There is only one God, okay? And by definition of being a supreme being, if there were more than one God, then nobody would be supreme, right? It's crazy. So you come all the way across the universe just to say that. Well that's the tip of the iceberg. They also say this, the earth is a living entity and we need to worship her and change our ways or we will be destroyed. Really? Romans chapter 1 says the reason why the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven is because you have the audacity to worship created things including the earth which was created by God instead of the creator. So you're actually encouraging us to store up the wrath of God? I think that's what demons do. Uh, They also say this. You come all the way across the universe to say, Jesus, Muhammad, and Buddha all came from the extraterrestrials to assist mankind in our next step of evolution. Evolution, again, is a lie. But excuse me, did Jesus come from an extraterrestrial? don't think so. Wait till you hear what the Vatican says, though. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, There is no such thing, here's what they say, as sin, and we don't need to be saved. Is that true? Why in the world did Jesus go to the cross? Okay. That's another lie. Okay, and that's what demons do. They say, they come all the way across the universe just to say, Orthodox Christianity has it all wrong. Jesus' real message was to teach us that each one of us can become Christ's. No, don't think so. There's only one Messiah. His name is Jesus. That's not what he taught. Okay, now they say to aid in contacting them, the space brothers, heavenly beings, whatever, that we should refrain from certain foods and practice meditation to get ourselves into an altered state of consciousness. Now, if you hear last week, that's Deuteronomy 18. We'll see it again in a little bit. Uh, That's what the occult does when you want to attract demons. Of all things, I don't think so. That's kind of crazy. Then they say that mankind needs to unite into a one-world government and a one-world religion or we will be destroyed. That's the Antichrist kingdom. Which the Bible says you don't have anything. You come all the way across the universe to promote the Antichrist kingdom? That's getting kind of weird. And they say, I'm not making this up, folks. Come on. Cat's out of the bag. They say the devil or Lucifer is actually a good guy who's come to free us. You come all the way across the universe to say that. Folks, put this to the test, okay? I'm not just making this up, but you come all the way across the universe just to promote the, and this is your own words, just to promote the rise of the Antichrist, support New Age teachings, and debunk only Christianity and say that Satan is a great guy. That's what a demon does. Plus, flip it around. I mean, you would think if you're a real alien, some higher evolved race with all this advanced technology and information that we don't have, you'd think you'd come here and share us with something that we could actually use. Why don't you come here and bring us a cure for cancer or something? Or to stop the supposed energy crisis, blah, 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 blah. But no, you come all the way across the galaxy just to slam Jesus, just to slam Christianity, the Bible, promote the Antichrist kingdom, and say Satan's a great God what? That's a demon, folks. Give me a break. There's a huge deception going on. But that's not all. The third reason why we know that UFOs and aliens are a demonic deception is because they communicate like demons, okay? Now, we just saw their messages, and this is supposedly coming from them, what they teach, okay? But what they don't tell you on the news is how people are getting these messages. And in order to get these supposed great new information that mankind needs to hear, Is You have to get into the same occult technique that God condemns because again as we saw last week it conjures up demons What let's take a look at that text again that God says don't ever do this Okay, Deuteronomy 18 verse 10 through 12 Let no one be found among you who sacrificed his son or daughter in the fire who practices divination or sorcery Who interprets omens engages in witchcraft or casts spells or who's a what? A medium, or spiritist, or who consults with the dead. Anyone who does these things is what? Blessed by God. Wrong translation. Detestable to the Lord. Why? Because it's a demonic practice that attracts demons. God wants us to know the truth, so He says stay away from that so you won't be deceived. Now put all this together, folks, okay? Of all things, of all things that you have to do to get this supposed better information from these aliens, Of all things you got to do they come all the way across the universe is I have to get myself into an occult, altered state of consciousness and let them speak through me, even taking over my vocal cord. What? Folks, that's exactly what the demons do. You come all the way across the galaxy just to slam Jesus, Christianity, the Bible, promote New Age teachings, say Satan is a good guy, and the only way I can get this new and improved information is to get into an occult altered state of consciousness. I have to use occult practices. Flip it around again. Makes absolutely no sense. If you're supposed to be this higher advanced civilization, especially when it comes to technology, you would think that if I wanted to communicate with you and vice versa, that you would beam me down a walkie-talkie. Right, how about tapping to my cell phone? An email, people still use it nowadays. Okay, how about one of those nifty devices that you see on Star Trek? Kirk Enterprise, Kirk Enterprise. How about one of those? I mean, you got all this technology, but no, the only way I can communicate with you is in a cult practice that tracks demons. That's another sign that you're being uh, deluded, okay? The fourth reason why we know that UFOs and aliens are a demonic deception, and and let me back up a little bit. I'm not saying every single appearance that people report is an actual uh, entity of a demon. I think that probably a high number, 95% of these things that people see are governmental aircraft from around the world. I think, unfortunately, there's a lot of hoaxes that are going on. But what I'm talking about is probably about the 5% that, folks, there is something going on. And you and I, the Christian, are doing a disservice to the lost when we just want to shove it all away and say, oh, no, it's not real. Because there is something that is going on, okay? The fourth way we know that they are a demonic deception is because they travel like demons, Okay, you see, demons are angels, just of the fallen category, right? Well, the Bible tells us how angels travel, okay? And let's take a look at just one passage that kind of gives us a clue as to that. 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 17, And Elisha prayed, "Oh Lord, open his eyes so he, he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked, and all of a sudden, now he could see what was there the whole time. What? That the hills, uh, saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around, okay, Elisha okay his spiritual eyes were open to see what was there the whole time and this is why in the context why Elisha's servant did not be afraid need to be afraid because God's angels God's invisible spiritual army okay was bigger than the physical army that was coming to him right but this passage and others tell us about angels and some of their characteristics and specifically how they travel which would include demons again who were just of the fallen category Okay, And what we see is that angels have the ability to just appear and disappear. Angels, according to the Bible, can just pop on the scene, pop right back out of the scene. They have the ability to materialize and dematerialize. And can anybody guess, when you take a look at UFOs and aliens, how they happen to travel? The exact same way, folks. The exact same way. In fact, let me give you uh, some of that proof. And this is from secular UFOlogists. They are saying this, folks. They, first of all, clock UFOs, uh, the, the ships, uh, so to speak. They clock them up to speeds as high as 15,000 miles an hour, and they make a right turn. And what the secular guys are saying, excuse me, that's something that's spiritual, not physical, because if that was physical, the G, you'd be road pizza. And this is secular researchers, okay? So, so that's a sign that you're dealing with something spiritual. Second, they make no sonic boom like a normal physical object does, okay? Third, radar has never recorded an actual entering of a UFO into our atmosphere. You never hear reports like this. Yep, here they come, Tom. It's on CNN special. We see a whole fleet of UFOs coming around the horn of the moon, or or here's another one, no, they're cresting Saturn. Here they come. You never have that. When they, quote, appear, they just pop into our atmosphere and then pop right back out of our atmosphere. If you're supposedly from the end of the universe, we should be able to track you in, but that's never what we see, okay? And this is why, after decades of research, secular UFOologists are saying this about supposedly coming from the end of the universe. Uh Uh-uh. Listen to these two quotes. There seems to be, they say, no evidence yet that any of these craft or beings originate from outer space. That's from them, not me. And one theory they say that can no longer be taken seriously is that UFOs are interstellar spaceships. Okay? Interstellar spaceships. In other words, what they're saying is they admit these things are not coming from outer space. They're coming from inner space. They're coming from another dimension. You know, like the Bible calls the spirit realm, the natural realm. They pop in, they pop out. That's what angels do. And demons are fallen angels. So they travel the same way. The fifth reason, I don't know how you get around this one, uh, that we know that UFOs and aliens are a demonic deception is because they possess like demons. Now give me a break. I mean, of all things for you to want to do, okay? They possess you, okay? It's bad enough we already saw that if I'm going to somehow communicate with these guys, they never beat me down a walkie-talkie. They can't even apparently tap into my cell phone or send me an email. But I have to use an occult technique, okay, and let them take over my vocal cords. But what they don't tell you, folks, is they have an ultimate goal. And the ultimate goal of these supposed higher-evolved aliens is they want to possess you completely. Now, the term in the day and in that camp these people who let them speak through them and take over their vocal cords, the channelers, is what it's called, is the term to have full blown possession from an alien, is called walk in. Well, that makes it all better, doesn't it? No, they're not stupid. You know, they're not going to show up and say, hey, I'm a demon, I want to possess you. Most people would run. So they've changed the terminology and say, hey, wouldn't you want to be a chosen one, Mario? Don't you want to become, and I'm using the verbiage they use, a star child, a star seed, who now can be able to disseminate this light to the world to bring peace. That's what they do. And so people get duped into, yeah, take me over completely now. Folks, that's what demons do. They possess you. Now, they not only possess you, but when they appear on the scene, they also happen to appear on the scene a lot of times with a strange smell. And that smell is... Sulfur. Watch this.
3: The Amityville horror was based on a factual account of what happened to a family in Amityville, New York. An irritating and nauseating odor seemed to accompany the presence of the ghost or spirit entity that entered there from time to time. Whitley Stryber wrote of his abduction experiences in his book Communion. He said he could smell their presence and that it smelled like Sulfur
2: hmm, let's put this together now. Now, when demons show up on the scene, it's got this uh, stinky smell, kind of a smell like sulfur with other testimonies, and apparently aliens, when they show up on the scene, they also smell like sulfur. Well, what's interesting, if you read the Bible, what a concept, is you'll see that of all things to describe the lake of fire, the Bible says it's the lake of Sulfur, Burning sulfur. Let's take a look at just one passage, but there's many passages that say this. Revelation 19, verse 20. But the beast, the Antichrist, was captured and with him the false prophet who had performed the miraculous signs on his behalf. With these signs he deluded, boy did he ever, uh, and will he ever, those who had received the mark of the beast and worshiped his image. And the two of them were thrown alive into the fiery lake of burning, what? Sulfur. you think this is my chance? Use some common sense. Okay, aliens show up on the scene, and it's not copper. It's not cheeseburgers. It's not even stale milk. But for all things for aliens to smell like when they appear on the scene is sulfur, the very smell the Bible uses to describe the lake of fire. Excuse me. Folks, I'm telling you, it's a demon. Now, the sixth reason why we know that they're uh, demons, UFOs and aliens, is because they're rebuked like demons. Now, again, how do you get around this one? The possession thing was bad enough. But they're rebuked like demons, okay? And and listen, they not only want to possess you like a demon, but UFOologists, the secular researchers are saying, hey, wait a second, we're starting to see a strange trend with these abduction stories. And the trend is this, uh, they're noticing that there is one surefire way to get rid of these critters 100% of the time. Works every time. If they do come your way, and can anybody guess what that technique is? You command that critter in the name of Jesus Christ to flee, and it does. Excuse me, folks. That's a demon. Let me share with you a couple actual testimonies of people who did this, and it works a hundred percent of the time. All right. One was this guy, Mr. Bill, uh, in uh, uh, Christmas in Florida, 1976. Here's his abduction uh, story. And it typically started late at night. He's in bed, and he says uh, early in the evening he saw these lights through his living room window, and over the forest uh, north of his home. He thought in Florida, it was just a police helicopter searching for some drug runners or something like that. Whatever it was, he said agitate his dogs several hours thereafter. So eventually he goes to bed, right? Well, he's lying in bed, uh, kept awake by the barking dogs when all of a sudden paralysis set in and then he was unable to cry out, just froze and he could see nothing but a whitish gray, like a mist or a fog, he says, although he sensed someone or something was in his room. Now, his wife didn't awaken this whole time. She was asleep. And the next thing he knew, according to him, quote, he was being levitated above his bed. Now, by this time, he says he was alive with terror, but he couldn't scream, right? Here is where it becomes interesting. He quotes this. Listen, he couldn't scream, so he just thought it in his head. He said, so helpless, I couldn't do anything. And I said, Jesus, Jesus, help me. He said, when I did, bang. He said, instantly there was a feeling or sound or something that either my words that I had thought or the words that I tried to say or whatever had hurt whatever was holding me up. Bang, I fell, hit the bed because it was like I was being thrown back on the bed. He says, I really can't tell, but when I did, my wife woke up and asked why I was jumping on the bed. Knock it <laughs> off. All right. That's about one person now. This, quote, is the first time that experienced field investigators, these are the secular guys, right? Had ever heard of an abduction being stopped, and this man did it by simply calling on the name of Jesus Christ. What do you think that is, folks? Let me give you another one. Another abduction experience was this guy back in 1973. He says, my wife and I had a strange experience in the middle of the night. He says, now at the time, we knew nothing about UFO abductions, so we had no category in which to place it other than a you know pretty lucid nightmare. And it has many of the same components, typically, of the abduction stories, but here's the point. The point is she stopped the entities and the whole experience with the name of Jesus. And I love this quote. I had to share this. He says, the guy who went through that, and they stopped it in the name of Jesus, he says, it is vital that we get this information out. Because there's one way and one way on record to get rid of them the name of Jesus Christ. One lady I actually personally interviewed from Oregon, uh, her name is Christina, shared before, but she says when she was in Oregon as a young girl and these critters landed outside of her farm there, there was three of them coming her way, right? And it was her and her twin sister. And uh, they got closer and they're all freaked out. They tried to run, but they ran out of places to hide. And here they come, right? And she commanded them in the name of Jesus Christ to leave. She said they didn't just leave, they immediately fled. In fact, so fast, she said they were tripping over each other, running back. At the name of Jesus Christ. At the name of Jesus Christ. Folks, I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying I'm necessarily the sharpest knife in the drawer. But I'm starting to come to a conclusion here. Uh, if it walks like a demon, talks like a demon, acts like a demon, teaches like a demon, smells like a demon, travels like a demon, possesses like a demon, and is rebuked in the name of Jesus Christ like a demon, I think we're kind of dealing with demons here. <laughs> Anybody? Anybody? okay but still no the seventh reason why we know ufos and aliens are a demonic deception is because they deceive like demons okay now here's the whole point it's not just discovering this morning what their real identity is it's demonic it's all leading to somewhere folks and it's the ultimate deception of all and ufos and aliens according to them and i believe are going to become the greatest excuse to explain away the rapture of the church it wasn't God, it was the aliens who beamed them up. Let's take a look at that passage that Paul talks about, the true rapture. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16-17. through 17, For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Okay, not on earth. That's the second coming. Some people say, well, you're teaching the third coming. No, we meet him in the air. He doesn't come to the earth. Okay, so, but we meet Jesus still alive. Those of us who remain at the rapture, we meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord. How long? Forever. How many guys have said it's encouraging news? Yeah, slightly. That's why Paul says there twice in the passage, encourage one another with these words. Okay, uh, but we know hopefully most of us uh, that these are, is the the classic passage dealing with the rapture of the church The time when god sovereignly mercifully snatches rapture raptura Okay, uh, harpazo in the greek his church away from the seven-year tribulation god's wrath being poured out but wonder of wonders Can anybody guess you come all? The way across the universe can not only say Satan's a great guy and we had it all wrong and Christianity's evil and hey, let's build this antichrist kingdom. But of all things for these things to also come and say is they explain the rapture of the church that they take uh, credit for. And they say it's, it's from them. It's not God in the hand of God coming to get his people. It's the UFOs who are now your new saviors. We're going to save you. Watch this. I'm going to give you some actual quotes. And these are from the occult channeled messages. Okay, one lady, Barbara Marciniak, she's a famous New Age author and channeler. In her book, Bringers of the Dong, she uh, documents what she claims extraterrestrials, specifically from the star system of the Pleiades, have told her. Okay, and here's what she has said. Quote, there will be great shiftings within humanity on this planet. It will seem that great chaos and turmoil are forming, that nations are rising against each other in war, and that earthquakes are happening more frequently. <gasps> well, that's happening now, so they, it must... Be, No, anybody who just reads the Bible knows that's coming. It's called the seven-year tribulation. That's nothing big, okay? So that's all they're doing, all right? They say, but it's not God's wrath. It's earth shaking itself free. And a certain realignment or adjustment period is to be expected. The people who leave the planet during the time of the earth changes don't fit here any longer, Christian. And they are stopping the harmony of the earth. Ooh, now listen to this, quote, when the time comes that perhaps 20 million people leave the planet at one time, there will be a tremendous shift in consciousness for those who are remaining. Really? Yeah, there's going to be a huge uh, shift. Another channeler, Thelma Terrell, she goes by her spiritual name, Tuella. She wrote in her book called Project World Evacuation. And here's what she shares. These critters are telling her. uh, And all over the globe where uh, events warrant it, this will be the method of evacuation. Mankind will be lifted, levitated as we say, by what? By the beams from our smaller ships. The great evacuation will come upon the world very suddenly. The flash of emergency events will be as lightning that flashes in the sky. Notice how they use biblical terminology and pepper it in there to make it sound spiritual, right? It's not from God. Do not be concerned. Listen to this though. They now start to go explain away for those who are left behind. Don't worry about it. I'm not making it up. They're preparing that lie too. Don't be concerned nor unduly upset if you do not participate in this first temporary lift up of souls who serve with us. Uh, this merely means that your action in the plan is elsewhere, and you'll be taken for your instructions and will receive them in some other manner. Oh, uh, and, uh, I'll say it a second time. Don't take any affront if you are not alerted or participate in this first phase of our plan. Your time will come later, and these instructions are not necessary for you at this time. Can you believe that? Not only explaining away the rapture of the church, but those who are left behind. Don't worry about it. You'll be okay. That you didn't get to go. Absolutely satanic. One guy said this. For almost 2,000 years, the Christian belief has been that God will evacuate the earth of all born-again believers prior to his pouring out of his wrath, the seven-year tribulation. But for many years now, many among the New Age movement have received messages from who? Aliens and spirit guides that Mother Earth will soon cleanse herself by ejecting all those with bad vibratory patterns, the Christians, to another realm, allowing ascended masters and aliens to help them uh, bring in a golden Uh, Age upon the earth. It's not here just to dupe us and to get us into occult practices. They're being used today, wonder of wonders of all things, to explain away the rapture of the church, which makes total sense, right? Because when that event happens, and it can happen before I finish this sermon, it's going to happen. People are going to disappear all across the world, and it's going to be specifically Christians, right? You would think the world at that point in mass would repent and get right with God. They would say, oh no, why didn't I listen to my Christian co-worker and friend and family member? Oh, they were right about Jesus and God and the rapture. Oh no, I, I cry out to Jesus. Forgive me, Jesus. Not anymore. Because it had nothing to do with that. It was just the aliens came and got them. Just keep moving forward. That's not just a lie. That's a complete plausible lie. That our world, who right now believes more in aliens than they do in God, and that Jesus was the Son of God, will eat up and won't even blink twice about it. Talk about deceit. No wonder Jesus said, deceit, 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 deceit. Watch out, there's a lie coming so big in the last days that is so powerful, so deceitful that even the elect could fall for this baloney if you're not careful. Okay, And so the question to you and I as we get ready to close is, well, how close then are we to this lie getting pulled off? This fake rapture, if you will. The aliens are taking claim for the rapture anyway. Okay? Well, first of all, let's remind ourselves that I don't care how nifty you are with the calculator. Nobody knows the exact day nor the hour. And that's what Jesus said in Matthew 24, 36. No one knows about that day or the hour, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. So according to Jesus, I don't care how cool you are with the calendar or dates or trigonometry. You don't know exactly when it's going to happen. Now, the Bible does give us signs to indicate when it's getting close. Hence our whole study Okay, And I think we could probably estimate a little bit when it's getting close with this lie of UFOs explaining away the rapture. Because logically, if UFO and aliens are going to be used as the lie to explain away the rapture of the church in the minds of the people left behind, then at some point, logically, there has to be some sort of imminent disclosure by the governments around the world, right? Saying, oh yeah, you got us. Okay, these things are real. We've been hiding it from you. We were concerned how we were going to take it, but yeah, you got it. It's, 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 it's going to happen now, and uh, they're here to help us and bring peace to the planet, right? Logically, at some point. Well, folks, did you pay attention to what just happened on the Jimmy Kimmel show with Bill Clinton? We're now starting to see former presidents and people around the world in high places starting to say, okay, maybe there really are aliens. And when they come, it's going to bring peace. He just said this on the Jimmy Kimmel Show. It's almost like we're being prepared for something. Watch this. Uh-huh.
1: We're back. Matty Pacquiao is on the way. President Bill Clinton is here with us. So if I was president, and I won't be, let's be honest, <laughs> the first thing I would do after putting my hand on, on that Bible and taking that oath to serve the country is I, would, I wouldn't even probably finish the oath. I would run to the White House. I demand to see all the classified files on the UFOs. <laughs> Because I want to know. I'd want to know what has been going on. Did you do that? Sort of. Sort of. <laughs> yeah, we had,
4: uh, t- I think it was at the beginning of my second term, we had the anniversary of Roswell. You waited that long? I did. Wow. Well, well I didn't. And then I, there's also Area 51. You remember there was a great sci-fi movie where there was an alien kept deep under the ground yeah. in Area 51? So first I had people go look at the records on Area 51 to make sure there was no alien down there. So then I, when the Roswell thing came up, I knew we'd get, you know, zillions of letters. So I had all the Roswell papers reviewed, everything.
1: If you saw that there were aliens there, would you tell us? Yeah. You would. I oh, would. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Well, I think, look. What do we know? We know now we live in an ever-expanding universe. We know that there are billions of stars and planets literally out there. So it makes it increasingly less likely that we're alone. Oh, you're trying to give me a hint that there are aliens. No, I'm trying to tell you I don't know. But if we were visited someday, I wouldn't be surprised. I just hope that uh, it's not like Independence Day. Yeah, right. That it's a you know a, a conflict.
0: Well, now we have friendly maybe aliens. the only
4: way to unite this incredibly <laughs> divided world of ours. They're out there. We better think of how all the differences among people on Earth would seem small if we felt threatened by a space invader. That's the whole theory of independence. You're right. You're Everybody right. Everybody gets together and makes nice.
0: Hmm.
2: So according recently to Bill Clinton, if the aliens do show up. Then it's going to, you know, it's like Independence Day. You know how Hollywood's preparing our minds to receive. That it's going to cause everybody to make nice. Our whole planet could become one. And we could have that one world government and a one world religion. And He just said that, folks, recently on the Jimmy Kimmel Show. And again, that's the tip of the iceberg if you're paying attention to the news and this imminent disclosure thing. So is the Vatican, Okay. What I'm about to share with you, folks, I've been saying this all week to some of you I've talked to. It's almost like what I'm about to share with you is like the, the script from a, a, a grade B science fiction movie. But what I'm about to share with you is actually going on in the Vatican. It's absolutely incredible. Uh, the Vatican right now, folks, is in a massive, desperate search for extraterrestrials, and they are positioning themselves to be Earth's spokespeople for when they do land. Let's take a look at that evidence.
1: We could not talk life on other planets without the classic clip from ET, right there. Interestingly, the Vatican just finishing up. This the Vatican now a five day conference on aliens. Father Jonathan Morris, Fox News contributor, back with us. Father, good morning to you. What a great movie that was! <laughs> it was a wonderful movie. Drew Barrymore and off she went. Uh, did the Vatican find alien life? You know what? it's sensationalistic as that question sounds, it's really not that far off from what we've seen in the news over these last days. The pictures of what might have been pope benedict standing on the the roof of the sistine chapel looking for ufos that's a, that's the type of images that this news conjures up what is exceptional what is exceptional is that the vatican was taking very seriously what science might tell us about the possibility of extraterrestrial intelligent life forms that's what the conference was about what Hey, folks, believe it or not, that
2: is the tip of the iceberg. The Vatican is so serious about this that they have an actual entity out there. Check it out yourself. It's called VORG, uh, the Vatican Observatory Research Group. Now, this group has some of the most powerful telescopes in the whole world, folks, uh, on top of Mount Graham in Arizona, not too far from us, and they are there specifically to look for extraterrestrial life. One of the telescopes is called VAT, or the Vatican Advanced Technology Telescope. The other one that they have one-quarter interest in, I'm not making this up, it's called Lucifer. It stands for Large Binocular Telescope Near Infrared Utility with Camera and Integral Field Unit for Extragalactic Research. Okay, I'm not making it up of all names to pick. You're Lucifer. It's the most powerful telescope in the world, according to them, and they are reported to get better images than even the famous Hubble Space Telescope, Okay, even though this one's still on the land. That's how powerful it is. And if that wasn't weird enough, the highway that goes up to Mount Graham where the telescopes are is known as the Devil's Highway or Highway 666. This is crazy stuff. It writes itself. They've changed the highway name to like 419 or 491 or something like that, but it's originally the highway 666 that goes up to this mountain where they have the telescopes with the one called Lucifer. Can you believe this? You couldn't make this stuff up. Okay. Now the question is, well, why in the world is the Vatican searching so desperately for E.T.? Quote, believe it or not, folks, it's because they too, like Bill Clinton and others, believe that these so-called E.T.s are going to become our new saviors. They are going to bring peace to our planet, not Jesus Christ. And here's some of that evidence. Father Gabriel Funes, he's a Jesuit priest, he's the head of the Vatican Observatory, stated, quote, "...extraterrestrial life may not have experienced a fall, and that he believes they are free from original sin. Therefore, they remain in full friendship with the Creator, which makes it possible to regard them as our brothers." Number two, Furthermore, since they are unfallen, i.e. without sin, according to this guy, they must be closer to God and have a better understanding of the gospel, the Godhead, and the nature of God. In other words, we need to listen to what they say over the Bible. That's what he is uh, proclaiming. He also went on to say that he would not only be willing to baptize an alien, but, quote, here's the ultimate goal. They, the aliens, are coming here, and they're going to baptize us into their faith. Now, we already saw what their faith is. Of all things, you come all the way over here, Satan's a good guy, one world religion, one world government, follow a one world ruler. What's that? So that's their faith. He also said it's going to require us to make some changes to our knowledge and understanding of the gospel. Quote, everything we think we know about the gospel is going to have to be thrown out. That's just one of the guys. This is happening right now as we sit here, folks. Talk about something is cooking, coming down the pike. Another uh, Vatican astronomer, this guy here, Guy, Consol Magno, whatever, said he too would not only baptize an alien, but, quote, only if they ask, and, quote, any entity, no matter how many tentacles it has, has a soul. Okay? He also believes that these non-human forms are described in the Bible as angels. No, don't think so. Uh, And, quote, very soon, this is coming from the Vatican, very soon, the nations of the world will look to the aliens for their salvation. Why? Because as people say, we fell. They didn't. They got a higher knowledge than us. That's what they're promoting. Yet the Bible tells us, if you read it, folks, don't you ever, don't you ever, Christian, don't you ever, ever turn to another gospel, even if it's a supposed angel from heaven. That's what Paul clearly says, Galatians chapter 1, verse 8-9. But even if we are an angel from heaven... Even if the Catholic Church wants to say that's aliens. No, it's not But even if it came from an angel from heaven and they preach a gospel other than the one you preach let him be Eternally condemned as we've already said now I say again if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted let him be eternally condemned this teaching from the Catholic Church the Vatican this baloney should be eternally condemned because they're preaching a false gospel. But our world who believes in aliens now more than God and that Jesus is the Son of God, oh, they love this gospel. And it's a false gospel. Now, as crazy as that is, even the Pope is getting in on this. Both, it just so happens, Consagmo and Funes are advisors to the Pope. And he just went on record as saying, yeah, he too would baptize an alien. Check this out.
5: Pope Francis reiterated his view Monday that everyone has the right to be baptized, and apparently that invite extends even to Martians. The pontiff described the hypothetical situation during morning mass. According to Vatican Radio, Francis said, if, for example, tomorrow an expedition of Martians came, and some of them came to us, and one says, but I want to be baptized, what would happen? In other words, says The Wire, if God prompts some Martians to come to Earth, find the Pope and say, we want in on this Catholicism thing, the Pope would probably say, okay, cool, but probably in Latin.
2: Which I think is no, I'm just making that up. Which is whatever, let's move on. Uh, but that's still the Vatican. Listen, this, it continues to go on. Also would have you and I believe that Jesus, remember the messages of the aliens? Jesus and Buddha, Muhammad came from the ETs. This is what the Vatican is teaching right now. That you and I, that Jesus is really a descendant of the aliens and that the virgin birth was actually a result of an alien abduction. That's what they're teaching. They say that Jesus was a star child, and he was genetically engineered to save us at his first coming, and now the aliens are back to save us again a second time. It's a false second coming is what they're promoting, okay? And yet Jesus warned us about these many Christ false teachings. If you read the Bible, specifically in the last days, this is what Jesus said, Matthew 24, 4 through 5. Jesus answered, watch out that no one, what? Deceives you. Before he talked about earthquakes, famines, pestilence, wars, any of that stuff, the first thing Jesus said, don't let anybody, anybody, even the Vatican, deceive you. Because many will come in my name claiming what? I am the Christ. And unfortunately, he's going to deceive many. That's today, folks. So the question is, well, how close are we to this last day's deception being pulled off? Well, believe it or not, they think it's going to happen anytime soon, folks. Again, we can't be date setters. But this is what they are believing. A professor at the Vatican University, a father, Giuseppe Tenzella Nitti, he said this, quote, Very soon there is information coming from another world, and once it is confirmed, it is going to require a rereading of the gospel as we know it. Uh, A Vatican spokesman, Monsignor Corrado Balducci, said, There is an alien presence on earth now. And just two weeks ago, if you were paying attention to the newspapers, it was reported that Pope Francis is getting ready for this, quote, Preparing a major world statement about extraterrestrial life and its theological implications and wants to be ready with a statement about first contact They want to be the spokespeople for these critters when not if they do land
3: They are living creatures out there
0: They're not human. Dr. Forrester said are some kind of advanced civilization if
3: they're more advanced than us they should be nearer the creator for that
0: reason. They are moving target prepared to follow up. No
3: real attempt has been made to communicate with them, you know.
0: Let's go back inside, Uncle Matthew.
3: I've done all I can in there. You go back. Sylvia. I like that, Dr. Forrester. He's a good man.
4: Attention all batteries. Prepare for volley fire. Feet. Prepare
0: for volley fire.
3: Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no
0: evil. (laughs) Exceed him.
3: Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord
0: forever.
2: In other words, that's what they want. And they're going to help propagate this lie. One guy, he said this, I love this. He said, put all this together, okay? So what would happen someday, maybe soon, if aliens showed up and claimed that they seeded life on this planet, you know, evolution, guided our evolution, and are now here to lead us into a new golden age? And what would happen if the Catholic Church gave those aliens their stamp of approval? Folks, it would dupe our planet just like that. They would believe a lie, lickety-split, and it would also conveniently explain away the rapture. Where'd all those people go? when the aliens showed up. Oh, that's right, it was the aliens. Oh, are you sure about that? Well, didn't you hear what the Pope said on the global news broadcast today? You put all this together, folks, it's happening right now. The last day's lie is already in place, as this slate shares. Let's take a look. In
5: 1974 through 77, I met the late Dr. Werner Von Braun in early 74. At that time, Von Braun was dying of cancer. But he assured me that he would live a few more years in order to tell me about the game that was being played. That game being the effort to weaponize space, to control the earth from space and space itself. The strategy that Werner von Braun taught me was that first the Russians are going to be considered to be the enemy. In fact, when I met him in 74, they were the enemy, the identified enemy. We were told that they had killer satellites. We were told that they were coming to get us and control us, the dirty commies, that whole story. First the Russians were the enemy against whom we're going to build space-based weapons. Then terrorists would be identified, and that was soon to follow. We heard a lot about terrorism. Then we were going to identify third world country crazies. We now call them nations of concern. But he said that would be the third enemy against whom we would be needing to build space-based weapons. And the next enemy was asteroids. Now at this point, he kind of chuckled the first time he said it. Asteroids against asteroids were going to build space-based weapons. So it was funny then. And the funniest one of all was against what he called aliens, extraterrestrials. That would be the final card. And over and over and over, during the four years that I knew him and was giving his speeches for him, he would bring up that last card and remember, Carol, the last card is the alien card. We're going to have to build space-based weapons against aliens and all of it, he said, is a lie. He didn't mention a timeline, but he said that it was going to be speeding up faster than anybody could possibly imagine. And the last card, the last card, the last card would be the extraterrestrial threat. Wow,
2: look at what's going on with the Vatican. Bill Clinton just makes this announcement. Other people, Hollywood, the media, you put it all together. Looks like the last day's last card is being foisted on. No wonder Jesus said, watch out. In the last days that no one deceives you. It's going to be such a powerful lie. But if you're not careful, the elect are going to fall for it. And right now, folks, if the rapture were to occur today, with all this prep work going on this last car, all it would take is for somebody, some some religious leader that people look up to around the world, the Pope, and say, hey, listen, don't worry. Your missing loved ones are just fine. They've been beamed up by our UFOs, and they're awaiting their time of rehabilitation when they can join us back here on Safely as we, the chosen ones, enter now the age of utopia. Our saviors are here. The second coming is upon us. We are finally at peace. And if you don't think, as we close, folks, if you don't think that our world will fall for that lie, even from a religious perspective, listen to this stat. This was taken at Pacific Lutheran Theological Seminary where people of various religions were asked about the impact of their faith and on their faith of an announcement an official announcement of extraterrestrial disclosure and they said quote their religion will be just fine, no problem number two, I would share a pew with an alien any day that's how deep this deception is it's all demonic and it's all geared to explain away the, the rapture of the church and to trick our planet into thinking being left behind is a great thing i don't know about you but i would say that's exactly what satan would do and wonder of wonders that's who's behind all this it's time to get motivated and this is why jesus said luke twenty-one, twenty-eight. when these things begin to take place you see this kind of stuff going on with the vatican you see it in the news and all over folks what do you do you stand up you lift up your heads because the real jesus is coming back to get us our redemption is drawing near Hey, if you're here today and you're not a Christian, you better become one right now because you are going to see this event that they're even talking about themselves. Millions of people are going to disappear. But it ain't going to be by UFO. It's going to be by the Lord Jesus Christ, and we will be with him forever and ever and ever in a place beyond our wildest dreams. It's open to you, or you can continue to reject him even today. And you will be left behind, and it's not an age of utopia. It's called the seven-year tribulation that Jesus said is the worst time in the history of mankind. You need to get saved today. Amen.
0: no means of measure can define his limitless love. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful. He's Cleanse the lepers, he forgives sinners, he discharges debtors, he delivers the captive. he defends the feeble, he blesses the young, he serves the unfortunate, he regards the age, he rewards the diligent, and he purifies the meek. I wonder if you know him, he's a key to knowledge, he's a well-trained of wisdom, he's a doorway of deliverance, he's a pathway of peace, he's a roadway of righteousness, he's a highway of holiness, he's a gateway of glory. Do you know him? Well, his life is matchless, his goodness is limitless, his mercy is everlasting, his love never changes, his word is enough. He's decision, his reign is righteous, and his yoke is easy, and his burden is lighter. Uh, I wish I could describe him to you. He's indescribable. He's incomprehensible. He's invincible. He's irresistible. Well, you can't get him out of your mind. You see, you can't get him off of your hand. You can't outmin him and you can't live without him. Well, the Pharisees couldn't stand him, but they found out they couldn't stop him. Pilate couldn't find any fault in him. Territ couldn't kill him. Death couldn't handle him. And the grave couldn't hold him. Hey!
2: That's my king. That's my king. Amen. All right, check this out. One day this farmer died. And John and his elderly wife was bedridden and she was really depressed, obviously. And and so her son tried everything he could think of to cheer her up, but man, nothing worked. And so one day he spoke to the doctor, and the doctor said, All right, tell you what, why don't you just give her, give her a shot of whiskey? Okay, is what you do. And that's gonna perk her up and you give it to her every single night. And, and he says it would also make it easier for her to sleep at night, and and it shouldn't make her better humored throughout the day. Well, the son, he knew there's his mom didn't believe in drinking liquor and stuff, and so so the doctor said, well, I tell you what, uh, put it in her food or drink or something like that. So the boy went home, and he put the whiskey in her milk. Yeah. Well, that night, man, she slept like a baby. and In fact, she woke up feeling wonderful. In fact, every night when he gave her that shot of whiskey in her milk, she woke up the following morning feeling absolutely great. But then all of a sudden, they hit on hard times, and the son suggested to his mom that they, they sell the farm and move closer to the city. And his mom simply replied, hey, son, you can do whatever you want to do, but whatever you do, don't sell that cow. Mm -mm. That's not where it was coming from, in case you're wondering. Okay. Now, folks, you know me. Hey, cows are awesome. They're cool. I can personally vouch for that. Okay, but that's not what you keep one around for. Okay, you eat them. You don't drink them with whiskey. But anyway, but here's the point, because I know you guys are going to disagree, but let's move on quickly. (laughs) How many guys would say, the point is this, that lady was being fooled, wasn't she, right? She was being fooled. She was thinking it was one thing that was giving her joy, but mm, it was something else. She was being fooled. And believe it or not, did you know that one day this is going to happen on a massive scale all over the world by the Antichrist? You see, the Bible says this guy is going to arrive on the scene and he's going to have this, if you will, deceptive milk talk. And he's going to give people this intoxicating lie and say, if you just worship me and listen to me and follow me, you'll have nothing but pure joy and excitement. It'll be awesome. And just like that lady thinking that cow was something special. Boom, you just entered into mankind's absolute worst nightmare, made the biggest mistake of your life. It's called the seven-year tribulation, folks, and it's not a joke. The Bible says it's an outpouring of God's wrath on this wicked and rebellious planet. Jesus said it's going to be the worst time in the history of mankind, uh, so horrible that unless God shortened that time frame, the entire human race would be destroyed. But praise God, God's not just a God of wrath. Anybody glad about that? Okay, and again, you have to understand the reason why his wrath is being outpoured is because he's a God who is just. Nobody is going to get away with all this wickedness and evil. So him being a God of wrath is not bad. Okay, but he's a God of love as well. And because he loves you and I, he gives us so many warning signs to let us know when the tribulation is getting close. And the rapture is even closer than that, which happens prior to that. Okay, so to keep you and I from experiencing the ultimate bad day, even worse than abusing the real purpose of cows, Joey. Uh, We're going to continue, that's right, in our study, the final countdown update, okay? We've already seen, if you've been tracking with us, the first five updates on this study, and that was the Jewish people, the Antichrist, modern technology, worldwide upheaval, and the last three times was the rise of falsehood. And there we saw the Bible clearly tells us that when you see an increase of false messiahs, false myths, false messengers, whether it be the false messenger or the visions of Virgin Mary from the sky, or last time, the false messengers of UFOs and aliens from the sky... They're both absolutely, clearly demonic in nature. It's a deception. And we we came to that conclusion because, John, we are just ignorant Christians who refuse to deal with the facts, and we blame everything on the devil. Yeah, wrong answer. Uh, but anyway, thanks for coming back, John. Man, I don't know if there's sunburn from the Bahamas or what, but that's, you're not thinking straight. No, no, no. We're discerning Christians. We dealt with both sides of the story. And we took a look at the facts, and we saw that hello, they lie like demons, they teach like demons, they communicate like demons, they travel like demons, they possess like demons, they're rebuked in the name of Jesus Christ like demons, and they deceive like demons. How many guys would say you're probably dealing with a demon? <laughs> yeah, hello, okay. And then they have the audacity to say that they're the ones as to why the church disappeared at the rapture it had nothing to do with God. It was the UFOs that came and take them away. The perfect instantaneous worldwide excuse to explain away the rapture of the church. That's what. Demons do okay. We clearly saw that but that's in all the sixth update on the final countdown study letting us How do you know we're living in the last days? Well folks, it's this one the rise of wickedness and I mean wicked wickedness Okay, it's going to get incredibly worse. Okay, and the Bible is very clear folks in the last days You are gonna see people. How do you know? It's getting close We don't know the day nor the hour, but you're gonna see on a massive societal global scale People are going to get really nasty, really wicked, and really rotten before Jesus Christ comes back. And I don't know about you, but watch TV, read the newspaper, and we are so far away from that society. Sarcasm! That's right, Robert, sarcasm. It's once again the clue that that's not true. Uh, folks, we are in that society now. and uh, But as always, don't take my word for it. Let's listen to God's. Open your Bibles to 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Paul is going to give us a whole list behavior. They don't. Paul doesn't just say, "Hey, you're going to have some wicked behavior in general." He starts nailing it. Okay. And as we read through this, you tell me how many of these things are coming to pass as we sit here. Okay. Second Peter chapter three. Let's take a look there. Or Second Timothy. You can go to Second Peter, but uh, you won't understand what worldwide I'm about to read. Uh, but anyway, I'm still here for you. Second Peter chapter three, and uh, or Second Timothy. Man. This happened last uh, Wednesday, man, that vestigial organ on my tongue with our evolution studies, but anyway, that's right. Second Timothy chapter 3. Let's take a look at this. Godlessness in the last days. Godlessness in the last days. Let's take a look at this. Now, I don't know how you're getting clearer than this, man. This is one of those easy ones we should pick up on. Okay, you know, I sit there and praying, fast 15. Oh, if I only knew what he was talking about. How do I know I'm in the last days? Well, let's take a look at what Paul says. He says, but mark this, there's going to be terrible times in the last days. Well, well just how bad is it going to get there, Paul? Well, listen to what he says. This is going to be that world at that time. He says people are going to be lovers of who? Themselves. Lovers of money, and they're, they're going to be boastful, and they're going to be proud and abusive and disobedient to their parents and uh ungrateful and unholy and without love and unforgiving and slanderous and without self-control they're going to be brutal and not lovers of the good and treacherous and rash and conceited and lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of god they're going to have this form of godliness but they're going to deny its power and paul says what have nothing to do with them in other words stay away they're a bad influence right But again, folks, I don't know how you're getting closer than this. This is one of those easy-to-me prophecy signs to let us know we're living the last days. We don't know the exact day nor the hour, but how do you know you're getting close? It's this. Paul clearly says, in the last days. It's going to be terrible. Why? Because the last day society is going to become a society that is filled with absolute, unadulterated wickedness on a multitude of levels, Right? And that's what he says there. He says they're going to be selfish and greedy and boastful and abusive and prideful and disobedient, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanders, out of control. Good thing we don't see that today. Out of control, brutal, evil, treacherous, rash, conceited, okay? every Here's the point. Every single one of those. Read every single one of them. Every one is true for our society today. Not three out of five, not four out of five, not five out of four for those of you hooked on fraction. Four out of five. you ever wonder that? Four out of five. Why is there always four out of five dentists or four out of five doctors? Is there really one rebel doctor out there messing these figures up? Let's move on. That might be part of a sign in the wickedness. I don't know. But anyways, excuse me. But five out of five. Every single one of these is now a commonplace in our society. Which means, therefore, what do you deduce from that? We're living in the last days. I didn't say that. Paul did, right? You're living in the last days. You're in that society when you get absolute, unadulterated wickedness. Every single one of those behaviors is right now today. But again, the skeptics are probably going to say something like, well, okay, come on, okay, so what? Wickedness. We see wickedness in our world today. Wicked, schmicked, okay? We've always had wicked behavior. And granted, yeah, we've had wicked behavior, unfortunately, ever since the fall of man. But what's not common, folks is how in the last few decades, even the last few years, there's been an explosion of all these wicked behaviors in our lifetime. That's the difference, okay? And I want to give you a comparison, just show you how bad it's gotten and how much it's escalated exponentially in just the last few years, okay? I'm going to give you a comparison. Now, we saw this before, okay? It used to be not that long ago, okay, that the leading disciplinary problems in our school systems used to be, number one, talking. Chewing gum, making noise, running in the hallways, getting out of place in line, rebels, uh, wearing improper clothing, and get this, not putting paper in the waste baskets. Oh, how do those teachers deal with this? In fact, did you know that one day, not that long ago, Leave It to Beaver, he told a lie. I got it on tape. Let's watch.
0: How was the movie? I didn't go to the movie.
3: You didn't go to the movie?
5: No, sir. I went yesterday when I wasn't
2: supposed to. Oh, is that so? Yes, sir. And I won a racing bicycle with a guaranteed leather seat. And I hit it at Larry's. And I was going to make believe like I won
1: it today. But I couldn't. So that's why I'm telling you what happened.
3: Well, uh, when did you decide to tell us about it?
1: When I was walking the bike home from Larry's.
2: Yeah, Dad, it's too big for him
1: to ride
3: Well, Beaver, I'm glad you decided to tell us the truth Of course, you realize you can't keep a bicycle you won while you were being disobedient We'll have to find something to do with the bike
0: Larry and I already
2: found something to do with it Oh, you did? Yeah I walked it back to Larry's house And then Larry and I walked it down to a church
3: To a church?
2: Yes, sir Lori once saw to do it with babies in a movie. Do what? We left it on the front steps with a note.
0: Well, I just hope someone nice adopts it.
3: Well, Beaver, I'm I'm also very glad you realized you couldn't keep the bicycle. But there's still the matter of your being disobedient, isn't there? Yes, sir. Well, I think you'd better stay away from the movies for uh two weeks
2: yes sir what a rebel can you did you hear that did you how he addressed his dad what an absolute terror that fever was folks let's be honest how many guys wish that's all the problems we ever had to deal with today with kids adolescents whatever okay and i bring that up by way of comparison okay that wasn't that long ago now Here's the major problems that we have to deal with in our school system today. Drug abuse, alcohol abuse, pregnancy, suicide, murder, rape, and robbery. Okay? And now, because we uh, generations have been raised in that wicked environment, it's producing wickedness on a massive scale in our society. Let's take a look at some of that evidence of just how wicked our world is getting in general. A high school kid took uh, this, and this is all just recent headlines, just headlines. A high school kid took two kitchen knives and went on a stabbing rampage uh, in his school. A Florida teen was accused of poisoning a teacher's drink recently. A father put his six-week-old daughter in a freezer to keep her from crying. Uh, Three children were left to starve to death while one was chained to the floor. A woman was arrested after police say she injected hand sanitizer into the feeding tube of her infant son. Uh, Florida parents were arrested after abandoning their three kids in the woods. A grandmother forced soiled underwear down her 11-year-old granddaughter's mouth. A caregiver used a stun gun to punish the kids. A couple locked their three-year-old child into a trunk to cure their fear of darkness. These are all just headlines, folks, recent headlines. A mother stabbed her baby in an attempted murder-suicide. A woman strangled her newborn son and tossed him into the trash. A dad killed his wife and kids, quote, because he didn't have car seats. Uh, a Texas man was uh, convicted of murdering his neighbors over dog feces. A pregnant woman attacked a roommate over butter. And I'm not making this up. A North Miami beach man was fatally shot after a fight over utensils broke out at a baptism party. Okay? It's crazy, but it's a couple more. And a Florida man bit his neighbor's ear off over a cigarette. And I'm not making it up. A man stabbed a woman for uh, bringing home a pizza instead of a chicken sandwich. Now, first of all, you know I had to share that one. Okay? But that really did take place. Okay? Uh, but second of all, more importantly, uh, how many guys would say you just take a look at a sampling of the headlines and that's what it was? Just a sampling of the headlines. And there's a massive rise of wickedness. Compare it to Beaver and to that. There is a massive rise of wickedness. And that's exactly what the Bible said would happen in the last days. Now, now here's the point, folks. This is what's so wild. We, we're, we're so uh, used to this now. It, it's so commonplace, this wickedness. We're no longer shocked at it. In fact, we expect it, uh, it's, it's the norm, right? And, and again, we act like it's no big deal. Hey, what else is on, Bob? Let's check out the weather channel. The game's on. We just we just pop in. Wicked, 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 wicked. And it's no big deal. And yet, here's the point, folks. This is what I said. This is one of those prophecy signs that it's like, man, this is the easiest one to prove to the skeptic. How do you know you're living the last days? Just turn on the TV. There it is. Wickedness. Massive rise of wickedness. How do you know we're living the last Open the newspaper. There it is, headlines, read it every single day, and they keep getting worse. This is the easiest one that we can see, okay? And again, Paul says that's what's going to happen when you're living in the last days. Now, the question that I want to deal with, okay, I think it's easy to demonstrate that we're seeing a massive rise of wickedness, but the question I have is, how? How did it get this way, folks? And how did it get this way in a relatively short amount of time, still within our lifetime, okay, with all due respect, I know that was a black and white show, but that wasn't that long ago, right? How did it change so drastically in such a short amount of time? Well, Bobby, thanks for asking. It works incredibly well with my notes. Uh, We're going to deal with two reasons, Lord willing, today. And the first one is because we now have a wicked educational system. What you believe determines how you behave. And if you put wickedness in the brain and believe in wickedness, you start to act like it, okay? Let's remind ourselves, though, as Christians, how we're supposed to educate our children According to God's word, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 6-9 through nine says this. God speaking, by the way, to his people. These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your what, parents? Your hearts. Mom and dad, number one, your heart. Now, you just let them sit there and collect cobwebs. No. What's he say now? Impress them where? You get it in your head, in your heart, you put them on your kids. In fact, you do it all the time. Uh, talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. You tie them on symbols on your hands, you bind them on your foreheads, you write them on the door frames, your houses on your gates. In other words, at all times, everywhere you go. Right? I didn't say that God did. Now, it's not just an Old Testament thing, it's New Testament as well. And Paul specifically calls out the dads. Dad, you need to be the spiritual leader home. Buck up and deal with it. Okay, Paul says Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. Fathers, not mothers, fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, what do you do? Bring them up in the training and the instruction of the Lord. So primarily, whose responsibility is it to encourage and mandate and make sure that there's godly instruction in the family unit? Dads, right? I didn't say that. God did. Now, here's the payoff. We all know this one, right? So why do we do that? Old Testament, New Testament. Why do we invest in our kids? Well, here's the classic text. Proverbs 22, verse 5 through 6. In the paths of the wicked lie thorns and snares, but he who guards his soul stays far from them. So what do you do? How do you keep your kid away from that? Moms, dads, train a child in the way he should go, and here's the payoff. When he's old, what's going to happen? By and large, he's not going to turn from it. Of course, each individual has their own uh, choice. You can do the best you can. Your kid could still go south. But by and large, you're setting a good course for the child to go, okay? So we all know, I would hope, as Christians, that God places the spiritual education... Uh, on our children, on who, us, on you, on, on us. Okay, and, and and we know that. We know that that last verse there is the payoff. This is why we do it. I mean, we know that verse. We we quote it, we cross stitch it, we put it on a pillow, we put it on plaques on the wall. Train up a child the way she go. Train up the child the way she go. Hey, if you train up a child the way she go, it's gonna. say, oh! Here's the problem. We don't do the training anymore. We've usurped that right over to our society. Now, here's the problem. Back in the day, in our nation's history, it used to be okay. Kids used to learn alphabets like this. A, in Adam's fall, we send all. Z, Zacchaeus, he climb the tree, Jesus to see. Kids were taught the scripture, even learning the alphabet. That used to be our school system, not anymore. Because our world is so filled with absolute unadulterated wickedness, it is now penetrated into our secular educational system. So when our kids now go to those educational systems, what are they being taught in? Wickedness. And so here's the point, folks. As the Scripture says, you train them in what way? It doesn't matter what way, but you train them in a way. When they get older, they're not going to depart from it. So if our kids now are being trained in the way of wickedness from our wicked society, why are we shocked when they abandon the Christian faith? We're not doing what God said to do. Are we really that surprised? Absolutely not, folks. The the latest stat that I heard was 82%. 82% 82% of kids raised in a Christian home will reject the Christian faith their first year of college. Why? All is it really a surprise? You put them in this system that is wicked, encourages wickedness. And they take that path instead. We're not doing what God says to do. We know, folks, and we've talked about this before our school system has rejected God, right? Remove prayer out of schools, right? Remove Bible reading out of schools, right? Used, maybe that's why Beaver wasn't that bad, right? And they even rejected the Ten Commandments out of our school saying one judge said that it might cause kids brain damage i.e. if they were to look upon it they would think upon it and if they were to think upon it then they might act on it that's our society today okay and they admit folks we saw this before they admit this is their goal they have now taken our school system that used to be biblically based that used to be christ-centered and they've now taken it to supplant the minds of the kids To produce godlessness. I didn't say that. They did. If you do the research, they admit it, folks. There's been an old switcheroo going on here. Orestes Brownson, he said, our great object was to get rid of Christianity and to convert our churches into halls of science. The plan was not to make open attacks on religion, but how are they going to pull it off? Quote, to establish a system of state schools from which all religion was to be excluded and to which all parents were to be compelled by law to send their children. For this purpose, a secret society was formed and the whole country was to be organized. Oh, you're just some weird conspiracy. That's their own words, not mine. They admit that's their goal. That's what they started to do that. Okay, Charles Potter, he said, education is thus the most powerful ally of Christianity. No, humanism. And every American school is now a school of humanism. And listen to how they mock us. What can a theistic Sunday school's meeting for an hour once a week and teaching only a fraction of the children do to stem the tide, a five-day program of humanistic teaching? Whoa. Uh, Richard Bozarth, he said this, we must ask how we can kill, quote, kill the God of Christianity? Here's how you do it, he says. We need only to ensure that our schools teach only secular knowledge. If we were to achieve this, God would indeed be shortly due for a funeral service. And finally, John Dunphy said, I am convinced that the battle for mankind's future must be waged in one, where? In the public school classroom, by teachers who correctly perceive their role as proselytizers of a new faith, the religion of humanity. These teachers, he said, must embody the same selfless dedication as the most rabid fundamental preachers. For they're going to be ministers of another sort. Listen, utilizing a classroom instead of a what? Pulpit to convey humanist values in whatever subject they teach, whether it be the educational level of preschool, daycare, large state university, doesn't matter. Listen, the classroom must and will become an arena of conflict between the old and the new, the rotting corpse of Christianity and the new faith of humanism. I'm not making it up. That's what they said their goal is. Now, if you understand where humanism started, it started at the turn of the last century and started to make its headroads in, and then they started to introduce evolution in, and then right about the same time, that's when they took prayer and Bible out and then laid the Ten Commandments out. Okay, so now you take a look at what they've had, free reign for about the last 40 years, and guess what? They met their goal. And Christians don't come out like, Beaver, did you catch that family unit, mom and dad? Respectful to both parents. Yes, sir. And what do we got today? We really think, oh, I understand. We, we we think, and we've been told, you just send your kids to school, you're going to get a good education. But by their own words and what we're seeing with the fruit now of our secular education, it's been usurped. It's been hijacked, and it's being used to promote wickedness, and it's producing that wicked society uh, that our world is now filled with. That's where it's coming from. That's one of the sewer pipes. Unless you doubt, listen, folks, right now what I'm about to share with you are just a a smattering of things that are taught, not the Bible, not Christianity, not Jesus Christ. I wish I had time to show you what the final test used to be in the McGuffey Reader in our country. It would put us Christians to shame about the office of Redeemer and uh, Jesus. Wow. Okay, but anyway, now this is what our kids are being taught. Listen to this. you think it's the three R's, reading, writing, arithmetic? Apparently it wasn't spelling three R's. Okay, but anyway... uh, Sounds good, though. All right. Here's what they get instead. Right now, kids are being taught in public school that religion is a disease and the Bible is a work of fiction. They said that evolution is true and that God is dead. They, our kids are being taught that prayer is a waste of your time and that Christians and Christianity are dangerous. They're also being taught at the same time earth worship, socialized medicine, world government, redistribution of American wealth to other nations, abortion, the elimination of the right to bear arms. What's that doing in school? altered states of consciousness, astrology, divination, spiritism, magic spells, sorcery, occult charms uh, and symbols, solstice rites, sacred sex, serpent worship, and human sacrifice. Do you think that would affect the kids' behavior a little? Slightly. And then you talk about, you wonder why kids are getting so immoral today? Listen to this. This was just hot up the press. Kindergarten teachers are now being required to set aside 30 minutes on a regular basis a day, or, or on a regular basis for sex education with pornographic pictures and sex acts depicted in graphic detail and one district, I just came across it this week, is now offering condoms to 11-year-olds while they're in school. But it's a good thing it doesn't affect their behavior. What you put in here determines how you behave. Now, let's take a look at that immoral ingestion in our school system, not just the uh, uh, getting rid of Christianity, and let's see what it has affected when it comes to teen wickedness and immorality. Approximately one-third of the entire population in the United States, 110 million people currently have a sexually transmitted disease, according to the Center of Disease Control and Prevention. Uh, every single year, there's 20 million new cases of STD in America. It's going nuts. Uh, the 15 to 24-year-old age group accounts for 50% of all STD cases uh, each year. Uh, where are they being encouraged to do that? School and media, we'll get to that in a second. Uh, one out of every 14 goals right now in the United States, girls in the United States, has at least one sexually transmitted disease. And America has the highest STD infection rate in the entire industrialized world, okay? And our nation right now spends approximately $16 billion, not million, billion dollars each year to treat just sexually transmitted diseases. And the United States now has the highest teen pregnancy rate in the entire world. Well, I wondered why. Could it be that's what we're educating them in? You send your kids to a school system that has kindergarten teachers sharing with them pornography and kindergarten. And other officials hand them out con. It's called you reap what you sow. You train them in wickedness, you behave in wickedness. We're not doing what God said to do. We train them up in the way he says they need to go in godliness, okay? Okay, but we should listen to Martin Luther. Listen to this warning from him Several uh, centuries ago, he said, I'm afraid that the schools will prove to be the great gates of hell unless they diligently labor in explaining the scriptures. Used to be, not anymore. Engraving them in the hearts of the youth. I advise no one to place his child where the scriptures do not reign paramount. Every institution in which men are not increasingly occupied with the word of God must become corrupt. Guess what? Our school system, let's deal with it, has just become Corrupt. Why? Because they've rejected God's word. In fact, uh, this one just came out. A lot of other school or Christians leaders are saying, it's time for a new exodus. Get your kids out. He said this, he said, as parents, we are to fulfill God's, uh, his God-given obligation to train our children in the way they should go, which means removing our children from the poisonous fog of public schools where pornogogs hold our children's minds in their depraved grip. The fact that we continue to place our most precious gifts in toxic public schools for seven hours a day, five days a week for their most crucial formative years is testament of our own lack of wisdom as Christians. This intellectual laziness, selflessness, uh, pride, ignorance, and cowardice of many Christians has coalesced into an anemic faith. We are men and women without chests or spines, and we practice a faith that's been fed watered down milk. And now we send our children to public schools that feed them on tainted crumbs, and we wonder why our youth are rejecting God. Quote, Christians, we need to wake up now. We need to pull our kids out of public schools and rescue them before it's too late. How long will you sit there under a school board celebrating fornication? or sodomy and all this sexual ca- chaos, don't you realize you're going to stand accountable to God? Because he says, as parents, we are supposed to train the child up in the way they should go, not a wicked world system. Why, Pastor Bill? how, how could this be happening? How, how can we go from Levi to beaver and that horrible rebel? In black and white, how can we go to that and just all oh, this wickedness exploding and everything, it's just, hot. Because we rolled over and played dead, church. We allowed a wicked humanistic goal to take over our school system and we keep supporting it and now it's producing that last day society of utter absolute wickedness. I'd say it's time we lead the way back, amen? The second why uh, reason why uh, we're getting uh, more and more wicked, okay? It's producing from uh, two angles at least, okay? And that's because we have now a wicked media system. See, they covered all bases. The Antichrist is not dumb, okay? Because, you know, you can't be in school forever. You know, you got to go home sometime. And when you go home, you don't spend time with mom and dad instructing you in the way you should go, or what do you do? This thing instructs you. Now, we need to get back to what David said when it comes to media or what you put into your eyes. Okay, if we're going to take God's way, and let's remind ourselves of what he did. He made a commitment with his eyes. Why? Because he learned the hard way with Bathsheba, didn't he? And so now David says, hey, listen listen to me, man. You better make a covenant with your eyeballs. You better pay attention to what you allow in there. And that's what he says, Psalm 101, verse 2 through 4. He says, I will behave wisely in a perfect way. I will walk within my house with a perfect heart. Wouldn't that be awesome? Woo-hoo! Yeah, that's godliness all over it. How, David, how? Number one, you better set nothing wicked before your eyes. Nothing. He says, in fact, I, I, I hate the work of those who fall away. It shall not cling to me. Uh-uh, you ain't going to make me do it. Oh, no, not my eyeballs. A perverse heart shall depart from me. I will not know wickedness. How? It starts with your eyes. Why? Because just like what you teach in the brain, your eyes also go into the brain. So what you see begins to affect what you think. What you think begins to affect what you behave. And so David says, you want to get in control of that wickedness? You better put a guard over your eyes." Because as he basically says, junk in equals junk out. And I don't know about you, we're not just getting junk taught into the minds of our children in school today. But when they turn on the media, they're ingesting nothing but junk. And that's a mild word. They're ingesting nothing but wickedness. And we wonder why there's such a rise of immorality. We wonder why even Christians as adults, oh, I can't get rid of these wicked thoughts, festibility the temptation. Shut it off. I said before so many times in counseling, hey, I'm not saying it's going to fix everything, but if you cannot get these wicked things out of your head, then shut the TV off. I'll bet you 80% of it's coming from there. Okay? The enemy is not dumb, folks. He knows exactly what he's doing. I'm convinced that he's using this technology in the last days, and he's using it to create this wicked society. And what he's done is, see, we don't have time. We don't have time to have family devotions. We don't have time to read the Word of God. We don't even have time to talk to our kids. No! If there is to be even family time, we're watching this device that the enemy's created. And once you start, he just kind of sucks you into it, because he's sitting there the whole time, going, "Look at me, look at don't look at Joey, no, 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 don't look at look at me, look at me, uh, see if this sounds familiar with this device of the enemy. Let's take a look.
1: Television." Look at me. 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 No, don't look over there there's nothing to look at over there. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Are you looking at me? Is everybody looking at me? Do I have everyone's attention? Don't get the wrong idea. I'm not trying to take over your life. You need what? What do you need? What do you need? You need to what? Go to the bathroom? Fine. Get up. Go to the bathroom. Come back. Look at me. You need what? You need to... you need to get something to eat? Fine! Get up. Go to the kitchen. Get something to eat. Come back. Look at me. You need to what? 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 SLEEP? FINE! GET UP, GO TO BED, GO TO SLEEP, GET UP, COME BACK, LOOK AT ME. OKAY. SO, WE HAVE AN AGREEMENT. YOU WILL DO WHAT YOU ABSOLUTELY HAVE TO DO, AND WHEN YOU'RE DONE, YOU WILL COME BACK AND LOOK AT ME. DON'T WORRY ABOUT YOUR SCHEDULE. I AM HERE FOR YOU. I AM HERE FOR YOU. 24 HOURS A DAY, 7 DAYS A WEEK, I AM HERE FOR YOU. I AM HERE FOR YOU. YOU NEED ME, I'M HERE. FAIR AND FOUL, THICK AND THIN, I AM HERE FOR YOU. I AM HERE FOR YOU. PEOPLE TRY TO TELL YOU I'M BAD, YOU TELL THEM THAT I AM HERE FOR YOU. 24 hours. Today, fair and foul, thick and thin. I am here for you. I am here for you. People try to tell you I'm bad. <laughs> you know what it sounds like to me? sour grapes. You see what I- no, 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 no! Don't look over there! There's nothing to look at over there! Look at me! Look at me! Look at me! I've got stuff you wouldn't believe! Danger, sex, action, death, thrills, comedy, all here, all in the next eight minutes. Can you believe it? You can't believe it. You can't believe it? It's unbelievable. You can't believe it because it's unbelievable! It's a miracle! Just keep looking at me! Just keep looking at me! Just keep looking at me! Look 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 at me!
2: Folks, that video would be funny if it weren't so true. It just sucks you right in. You just can't stop looking at me. Okay, now the problem is, it'd be one thing if the look at me device was spewing four things into our eyeballs that were neutral. They're not. And so now we're sucked into this look-at-me device, listen, and we have become so desensitized to the wickedness that's ingesting in our eyes, unlike what David said to do, that we do not bat an eye sitting down for hours and hours a day being peppered with evil. In fact, I just came across this this week. I want to give you a comparison of just how much we of our own doing torture ourselves with this visual wicked onslaught with a paintball analogy. And what you're going to see is a family is going to sit down and have family time at the Look at Me device. And they're going to compare via paintballs the amount of curse words in the movie Gone with the Wind versus just one modern movie. You see which one gets more paintballs. Let's take a look.
0: <laughs> you go. Where shall I go? What shall I do? Frankly, my dear, I don't give it. <laughs>
2: to do that, though. If only we could have some practical information, Tom, on how we can protect our family and our friends and our kids from all this visual evil. How about shut it off? That's one movie. And what did David say? I'm not going to sit no wicked thing before my eyes if I'm going to walk in the perfect way in holiness and godliness. Why? Because junk in equals junk out. And how many hours per day Do we do this? Well, i got some stats for you. The average household in America right now combined watches almost seven hours a day of that. Seven hours a day of that. The average child spends 1,680 minutes a week watching that TV compared to 38 and a half minutes a week that they talk one-on-one with mom and dad. Who's educating the kid? Not mom and dad. That guy is. And what we just saw, folks, that's just one movie. Now add to this. The average American adolescent will view nearly 14,000 sexual references on TV per year. 75% of primetime network shows include sexual content, up 67% in one year alone. Nearly one-third of family hour shows contain sexual references. By the time children reach kindergarten... Okay, the average American child has watched already by the time they get to the kindergarten, they've already watched 6,000 to 8,000 hours of TV, almost one-third of their preschool waking hours in front of that thing. And you think that's, that's nothing. It's about to get worse. This just came out. Listen to this. Right now, seven shows are being rolled out. Right now, seven shows are being rolled out that is going to completely uh, feature complete nudity. Not partial nudity. That's bad enough. This is complete, full-blown nudity all the time. Seven shows getting ready to roll out. MTV also has a couple new shows coming out. One's called Virgin Territory. And the whole premise is this. Participants, the whole goal is to try to lose your virginity, i.e. your V-card. MTV also has another show that's coming out called Happy Land. And the storyline is uh, about a, a teen storyline that promotes incest. And the lead person, I kid you not, playing the girl in the show, said, quote, incest is hot and we're going to have fun. Coming out now. Oh, what's that? Seven hours a day ingesting that. Well, I can't get rid of this wickedness. Pastor Billy, why is these thoughts? Uh, shut it off. What are you doing? Not just an adult. Why are you doing letting your kids watch that? What? And you wonder why things are turning into a nightmare scenario? Why is there so much wicked? Are you crazy? In fact, folks, it's getting so bad, I couldn't believe this one. This is insane. Who would have ever thought this in our once great Christian nation? It's getting so bad that they now have full-blown commercials on TV promoting and encouraging adultery. Watch this.
1: All right, marriage is hard enough. Uh, We certainly don't need TV commercials that are trying to get us to cheat on our spouse. But they're out there, in-your-face ads, and your kids can even see this. Great, isn't it? Take a look.
3: Time for Ashley Madison.com.
0: I'm ready for something new, something for myself, something that I've got to do. I can't wait to decide. There's nothing that I haven't tried. Ashley Madison.
1: Ashley Madison. Life is short an affair. Life is short, have an affair. Uh, There's the motto. That's the tagline for uh, AshleyMadison.com. An online dating service for married people advocating adultery.
2: Who would have thought, leave it to beaver eat your heart out, that in our lifetime, our media would change so much that we'd be promoting adultery on a commercial. But that's here now. And then again, the premise is, as David says, you put that junk in, you're going to get junk out. Let's see now how the family unit is holding up with all this family injection of wicked behavior. Let's take a look at some stats on that. Uh, the marriage rate in the United States has fallen to an all time low 6.8 marriages per 1,000 people. Why get married? You don't need to, according to our media. In the United States today, more than one half of all couples will move in together before they get married. It's called cohabitation. The Bible does not condone that. John chapter 4, Jesus called the woman out the well and said the man you're living with is not your husband, and he was not condoning her behavior. You need to reserve that for marriage. Uh, America now has the highest divorce rate in the world. Gee, I wonder why. you got commercials promoting adultery in our country uh, saying it's a good thing to do. America has the highest percentage of one-person households in the entire planet. Uh, For women under the age of 30, more than half of all babies are being born out of wedlock now. One out of every three children in the United States lives in a home without a father. One out of three. Uh, 69% of Americans believe there's nothing wrong with divorce. Uh, 66% of Americans believe that sex outside of marriage is perfectly fine. Uh, 58% of Americans believe that having a baby outside of marriage is fine as well. 58% of Americans now believe that gay and lesbian relationships are just fine. 89% 89% of all the pornography produced in the world is coming from us. Coming from us. That's how far we have fallen as a country. American has the highest incarceration rate and the largest total prison population in the entire world by a wide margin. Why? Well, another study came out and says you mess with the family unit, people are going to be looking for a new family. Listen to this. Uh, Without strong families, our young people are constantly in search of an identity, and according to the FBI, there are now more than 1.4 million gang members involved in 33,000 active criminal gangs in the United States. That's their new family, because the family unit has gone down the tube. Why? Maybe it's because we're not paying attention to our education system and our media system, and we're ingesting all this wickedness, and it's producing a wicked society, and it's shredding us apart. Morally and the family unit. In fact, what's really interesting is it's not only this wicked media and education system, it's not only producing this immorality and a family breakdown, it is producing the exact same kind of wicked brutality. I mean wicked brutality that Paul mentions in our opening text. Let's take a look at that real quick. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 through 3. But mark this, Paul says, there's going to be terrible times in the last days. Here's that society. People's going to be lovers of themselves, lovers of money. They're going to be boastful and proud and abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control. What's the last word there? Brutal. Real quick, it's the Greek word anomeros. Let's say that. I actually say that, but thank you for trying that Greek word. Uh, Anomeros. Thank you, Ron. Uh, And it means this. Anomeros. Brutal. Okay, we don't kind of get the full flavor. That means, Paul says, how do you know? How bad is that society going to be in the last days? When you see Anomeros, when you see people acting, quote, like they're not even tamed, fierce, listen, literally, they act like a bunch of savages. Now, if you notice in our society today, folks, it's not just people getting more wicked. Have you noticed how we're treating each other, even our own families? Absolute savages. Or becoming, it's the exact same word that Paul used. The exact word, folks. Let's take a look real quick at some of that. A Pennsylvania woman beat her child with a baseball bat over a clogged toilet. That's onomeros. That's not just wicked, that's just, that's brutal. That's, that's, that's that's, that's savagery. And that's what Paul says is going to happen in the last days. A 13 year old boy killed his cousin over an Xbox. A man smothered his son over a video game. Another man fatally stabbed his wife in an argument over a cable bill. Two 18-year-old boys beat a 30-year-old mentally disabled man to death with a baseball bat so they can get his Xbox. Uh, a couple dismembered their roommate and burned their, uh, their torso in a campfire. A California priest was beaten to death with a wooden stake and a metal gutter pipe. Uh, teen girls were charged with torturing a mentally disabled boy. Uh, a woman was beaten to death after ac- listen after accidentally walking in front of a camera while a group posed for a photo. That happens all the time here in Vegas, right? She just walked in front of it accidentally. They Killed her. That's on a matter that's folks. That's the savagery. Brutal. Law. That's our world today, folks. Teen savagely beat a homeless man and then kicked his dog to death. And another teenage girl bludgeoned, strangled, and then decapitated her friend. A girl did that. That's savagery. And it's not just a rise of wickedness that Paul still will become in the last days. It's exactly what he said. It is getting brutal. Why? Well, I'm kind of thinking, in closing, it might have to do, back again, with what we're ingesting in our eyes. Why is our world getting so brutal? Why is it getting so violent? Junk in equals junk out. The average American teenager views 10,000 murders, rapes, and aggravated assaults per year on television. Over 80% of all television programs contain acts of violence. A child born today will witness 200,000 acts of violence on TV by the time they're 18. And I love this quote. Uh, And the question more and more concerning parents and public officials is this. What's all this viewing doing to them? Spirit of Arnold Horshack is all over me. Ooh, 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 Mr. Cotter, I know the answer to that one. I'm kind of thinking, maybe it's our wicked media, we're ingesting their eyes, we're not listening to King David, and we're not putting no wicked thing before our eyes, and because we're allowing so much junk in, it's producing junk out. Maybe that's it. And that's exactly what it is, and even the secular researchers are admitting, you put violent junk in, you get a violent, brutal society out. Folks, the point is, we're not just seeing the reasons why this increase of wickedness. What we're seeing is that Paul said, how do you know you're living the last days? When you see this society, and we're at that society right now. And that's why Jesus said, when you see these things take place, what do you do, Christian? You stand up, lift up your heads, because your redemption draws near. He come, he's coming back to get us. We don't know the day nor the hour, but turn on your TV. You should go, woohoo! Jesus is coming to get me. Open up the newspaper. What? There's all this wickedness. Hey, Jesus is coming to get me. woo right? And it should motivate us to get busy sharing the gospel, because we don't want people to go until the ultimate time of wickedness, the seven-year tribulation. And if you're here today and you haven't done that, you need to do that now. Because you think it's bad now? You better read the Bible. The Bible says you ain't seen nothing yet. The seven-year tribulation is so wicked, so evil, I don't have time to go into the litmus of how evil it's going to be, but it literally gives us the picture that literally full-blown demons are going to be manifested all over the planet. You don't want to be there. There's only one way out. His name is Jesus Christ. You need to accept him as your savior today. Let's pray. Well, hi, this is Pastor Billy Crone of Sunrise Baptist Church and Get a Life Ministries. And I hope you enjoyed today's study. But in closing, before you go, let me ask you one final question. If you were to die today, are you sure that you go to heaven and not hell? You see, here's the problem. The Bible says that nobody automatically gets to go to heaven. And that's because God is holy and we are not. And if there's anything that we can do for you, uh, please don't hesitate uh, to contact us. Uh, our number, our information will uh, come up here on the screen shortly. And uh, uh, if there's anything we could do for you, please don't hesitate to let us know. Uh, thank you for uh, joining us. And uh, remember, I hope to see you in heaven. God bless.
3: Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn, ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn, tell people to stay off the lawn, compare it to your neighbor's lawn, and complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home an auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance, which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations.
0: Up to 70% off. That's right. At Court Furniture Clearance Center. Get up to 70% off new retail prices and choose from a wide variety of previously leased furniture and decor for your home or office. Sofas from one ninety nine ninety nine. dollars 99 Bedroom sets from $399.99. Dining sets from $299.99 and more. All items are court certified guaranteed and in stock. Ready for delivery or to take home today. Make the smart choice and visit one of our five locations in the DM or go online at courtclearancefurniture.com. Mention Radio 20 and get 20% off.